Hello, everyone. Welcome to the special edition of the Tennis with an Accent podcast, episode 11. We didn't plan to record a podcast during the midweek, uh, but with Nick Kyrgios, these things always happen. So obviously, like many other issues, we are divided uh, on our opinions and decided to record one on a phone call. Uh, not sure what the quality of the recording, but uh, we thought it's a uh, it's a good disagreement and we got pretty animated so we thought of sharing with you thanks for listening uh just i'm following mostly the postmortem and uh, read the match report i didn't get a chance to watch it but um, i was very disappointed i'm i know you know that I'm, you know, becoming a Nick Kyrgios fan, and I just think he's, you know, he's good for tennis. And uh, I was very shocked to see this, uh, this five set loss to Seppi when he was pretty much deserved. Yeah, he, I mean, he, what he, is, he, he lost it. Uh, he was, he was playing really well. He was up two sets to loss, and uh, I think he was a no-show for two sets. And maybe yes, he, he started coming back into the match in the fifth set, but. But even there, his attitude just didn't seem like he he was there to win it. Look, that's that, that's obviously you know one way of looking at it. And sometimes you know, with all due respect to you and anyone who disagrees, it's an easy way out because you know what Kyrgios is doing is uh, he's becoming an easy target to be disliked. And even if someone doesn't follow the match and you see the scoreline, you will think, okay, this guy did a tank job again, or he doesn't respect the game. But if you read the post-match interview, he seems hurt this time, and he said a lot of things that, you know, he has to figure out a way to rectify these kind of situations where he's better prepared, not injured. Like, he admitted that he shouldn't have been playing, uh, like, basketball in the off-season, and I think even playing in the IPTL, even though he did not admit to it. So he was pretty so, candid, like... Uh, so, he, yes, he's making some he's making some admissions now. I mean, what is, where, where is, does he have to go right now? Because... Clearly, his attitude on the court doesn't reflect what, what he was saying outside the court. And I think I mean, he, he realizes he's falling short. It's, it's, it is embarrassing. This is his home look, uh, look, falling short. I mean, sorry to cut you off. That's where the redemption starts, if he's admitting to it. I think the problem with him is also the era he's living in. Again, not always want to bring excuses, but, you know, like we follow some players like McEnroe, Connors, Becker, Agassi. Some of these guys were as great as they were. They loved the attention. And God only knows how they would have functioned if they were living in this media age when you have so much exposure to fans yeah, and you can do an outrage. No, no, let me, let me finish. There's yeah. a train of thought. I mean, the, what I'm trying to say. I'm not justifying every action that Nick does, the Stan Wawrinka, you know, incident from Canada a few years ago and even the tank job against uh, Misha Zvera. I was the first one when we spoke. Like, he should be schooled and, you know, there should be some action taken and it's not a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think Kyrgios gets a lot of heat because he's, so easy to dislike when we have the Federers and even you know, the guys like Zverev and Thiem following the likes of the professionalism of Djokovic, Nadal, Murray. You know, these guys don't set a foot wrong. So, Kyrgios, I think, just like any other guy, he's just, you know, new to this. Sometimes he, I think, plays the audience. Sometimes he himself gets played. So, my point is, I mean, tennis is richer if this guy's around. I mean, we all love how you know, the prospect of, you know, Taylor Fritz challenging these bunch of upcoming Russians and uh, Zverev at the top of the rankings. But I be- believe me, I think Kyrgios, a, a good Kyrgios or a healthy Kyrgios, tennis is in a very good spot. I think this guy's clearly box office. He puts tennis uh, on the front pages a lot of times. You know, and, and sometimes everyone in the media is cashing it. My point is, 
again, this loss is separate. Where I'm going with my, I think, uh, this complaint or rant is, we should not have different rules. We should let this guy be like Murray said, because tennis doesn't want to lose this guy because uh, a healthy curious is, is needed. And So my take is very straightforward, which is that what you think of as criticism from media, from uh, ex-players like John McEnroe, I, what I see is extreme disappointment. And so, you know, when you bring up these players, when you bring up McEnroe, when you bring up Becker and Djokovic, all these guys, even if they were criticized for their behavior at various points, that happened after they turned champions. It didn't happen before they even got to a semifinals of a slam. No, I guess these are all, whatever. So let, let me finish here. So these are all legitimate players who were showing really strong results. And they had, obviously, they, they threw a bunch of antics. They said stuff. McEnroe was obviously a brat of the court. But all of these guys were already proven players. They were showing their desire to win. And I think that earned them the right, I think, to, in many ways, to kind of say, look, look at my results. And I, I can show you the game that needs, you know, that you, you need to have to win slams. With Kyrgios, what I find is it's coming in the way of actually him playing good tennis. He, he goes away at critical times and critical matches because he's throwing a two-year-old tantrum on the court. And his attitude, quite often, I think it, it shows in how he performs. And with John McEnroe, if he was angry, and most of us know this, he actually started playing better tennis. He would he would canalize his anger and actually become a better player on the court. With Nick Kyrgios, it's completely the opposite. The moment he starts, like, showing these phantoms, he's checking out of the match. And, yeah, this is all part of growing up, but I'm not interested in watching a guy grow up. I want a guy who's a champion who's ha- who has issues, and I'll happily watch him grow up into a bigger champion. But the guy I'm seeing with Nick Kyrgios right now, I just see a brat with, yes, with sensational talent, but I don't know what that means if he doesn't know how to win matches. I mean, there's a, there's a wide variety of topics you touched upon. Let me see if I can even remember and answer them. Uh, in a timely manner. I mean, Agassi definitely started his career, you know, he, the cry for attention, you know, later on we find out about the, you know, the long hair and then the denim shorts. And he was a rebel with the cause and he was, believe me, he was craving the same attention Nick Kyrgios gets from Twitter or doing a Q&A with his but fans. He, or, but he made no, the finals no, that that, no, he did. He did, you know, reach semifinals in 88. Uh, it right. was a different, you know, era. And uh, what I'm saying is, going back to what he just said, uh, if McEnroe or Becker, these guys are, I, I don't think I agree with it. Even if you're a champion, you don't get the right or you don't earn the right, you know, to disappoint or, like, be little people. And uh, your boy, Andy Roddick, I mean, he got Sangha a prick in 2007 Australian Open first round. Only Mary Carrillo in the ESPN booth had the nerve to call him out because Patrick McEnroe was his Davis Cup captain. And Roddick's legacy is far bigger than, you know, some of those moments when he... Do you not agree? Hang on. No, no, let me finish. I'm going something here, right? So okay. even Roddick, you know, his legacy is far bigger than that. Or Stockton's legacy is bigger than breaking rackets. All I'm yeah. saying is fans can be fans, but sometimes media has to just, like, step aside the tennis establishment because this is a guy who's material but with amazing talent. I was not on board right away, but I followed him for the last year or so, and Murray's support for him has kind of made me second-guess. Look, the first time when you do something, the first 24 hours are like the postmortem when everybody is just going to say, look, this guy's wrong. He did something horrible. Tennis doesn't need him. He has an attitude problem, identity issues, whatever he's relating to. But after a while, you know, tennis is better off if he's the guy who can single-handedly, you know, do some great things. So that's that's my point. I mean, getting a coach, that's a personal decision. I hope this is a good point for Thierry's clan. 
everybody who's close to him can come around and just, okay, this is the direction we want to go in. I'm sure there's enough help with Dennis Australia, Rafter, Hewitt, all these guys probably would definitely, you know, because they see him as the best chance to bring greatness back to Australia. But just overall media and McIndoe, again, you know, again, McIndoe, we can do a whole another phone call or a podcast because I just don't like where in the booth you can call Kyrgios out, but then you don't call a guy like Roddick back in the day when he's telling an umpire your IQ is less than a seventh grader but or something. For me, he's, it's not, if, if you listen to what McIndoe said, McIndoe actually starts off his criticism by saying uh, exactly what you say. He says, I think this guy is the best under-21 player. And then he changes his statement and says, I even think he's the best under-29 player on the store. He's that good. He can be that good. And he says it's very disappointing when a guy like this cannot cannot keep his attitude aside and find a way to win matches. Cannot train enough. So again, cannot we'll, be prepared enough. We'll disagree on McEnroe because I've noticed, you know, not only McEnroe, a lot of commentators when they're coming... Uh, they're coming through this paywall or these, you know, high fancy, you know, media booths. I've noticed. Not even Roddick. I mean, even if Federer will get away with something, Djokovic will get away with something. I understand the premier players will always have the backing or they will be overlooked. So my thing is, just don't call a Kyrgios or a Monfils for the lack of effort. Maybe that's the game plan, you know. I don't know. I, Kyrgios I was tanking. Was it was an injury me. that was... No, I what, would love for you to show me one player like Kyrgios who started, who was being criticized like this by the media, who was not being unfairly criticized, who didn't have the results. I mean, all of these guys you bring up, Andy Roddick, Andre Agassi, all of these guys, they they were starting to show some serious results. So the I mean, Kyrgios is tricky. He has results. I mean, give him maybe one more year because Agassi and Roddick are finished books. I mean, Kyrgios has beaten Nadal at Wimbledon, beaten Federer in Madrid, has been over Murray. You know, this guy can play. Definitely, he's the biggest disappointment when he doesn't back it up. And that's the mental discipline. Maybe that's something coach or proper training will, you know. Maybe he, he'll see a Zverev ascend to the rankings and see him win a slam. And then maybe it might be too late. My I thing think is, nobody, is, no, no one is denying Kyrgios' talent. No one thinks that this guy, if he puts it all together, will dominate the sport. I, I, I really think, even I think that he will dominate the sport. Uh, for all the talent and all the, uh, how much we rave about Zverev. Uh, I think Kyrgios has superior talent, and I think he will he will eventually could could bring it all together. The point is, I think he's destroying himself, and he's in many ways he's disrespecting the sport. Look, it's the it's the era we live in, Anand. You think back in the day, remember how what was the exposure for a player? A player would be after winning Wimbledon would come on 60 Minutes, interviewed by BBC, couple of articles, you know, in SI or even Indian magazines which we would read about Becker or Agassi. Right now, every single move, every single one, even schmucks like us, you know, we are doing a podcast, we have an opinion. So that's what I'm saying. In this kind of era, we should, maybe what Murray said, maybe there's something that needs to be read between the lines, you know, hold back. Yeah, you can't prevent like fans and, you know, other small media units because they need a story and Kyrgios gives them a story. All I'm so saying is sometimes, let's not you talk know, about it's a play. Yes, I mean, if, if, if that's a play, then let's not talk about his talent because his talent also means nothing until he starts showing results. No, the I thing mean, is, why, why is he getting... No, why is he getting... social media, all podcasters like us, if all, uh, you know, commentators have to be raving about his talent, I mean, it's fair game that they also start criticizing him for some of his attitude that he's showing. No, talent I mean, is something that everyone has. No, no, no. You, that's, that's what I'm saying. You are having it both ways. Because if Djokovic, the same thing we discussed, if he throws a ball in the stand, intentional or no, and if it was Kyrgios, he, he would have been thrown out. So that's my point. I mean, the establishment sometimes just needs to protect because, look, the whole idea is, what's life after Djokovic and Federer and Nadal or Murray? 
So you already have one of the products. I mean, that's my appeal is to the tennis establishment. You know, like just don't belittle this guy because he's like a bratty kid who needs this. Maybe just someone should act adult. Okay, just ignore the guy and let him be. And he will come around. He he reminds me of the classic case, like maybe it's a little dramatic, but Matt Damon's character in Goodwill Hunting. All this thing, like sending him to a psychiatrist, you know, all this only valid if he himself wants to go. Just let him be, you know, hold back. Yeah, you can't prevent like fans and, you know, other small media unions. He's not, but he's gifted. I have seen one such panel in a different sport, which happens to be actually happened to be snooker. Uh, there was a player called Ronnie O'Sullivan, who was, um, you know, his father went to jail and he got into drugs. And everybody even even now say, says that Ronnie O'Sullivan was the greatest snooker talent in the history of that sport. Uh, we call it a sport, that is. Uh, but this guy, it, it took him a good six or seven years to figure it out. Uh, he, he he was abusive. I mean, this is uh, this was a gentleman's sport, you know, people playing, wearing suits. And um, and Ronnie O'Sullivan took a good five or six years to harness his talent and become a top player. But I think one of the key things was his own self-realization, understanding that, you know, what he was doing was actually not just harming himself, harming his sport. And he was losing his fan base. And he turned it around. I mean, so I'm not, I, I completely agree with you. Pedios will turn it around. If, if he gets the right kind of guidance, then hopefully, I think he starts using his brain a little bit more. But Look. that doesn't absolve him for me. First thing, I, I don't, I mean, I, if, if he doesn't want to hear the criticism, I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about his game right now because it's very frustrating to watch a player like that just give it all up because he, his heart is not in it. And there, there are two himself. two elements. I'm not saying he's immune to criticism. I'm only saying he's immune to like top shelf Boris Becker or John McEnroe when they're in the booth. Because I have noticed, I can give many examples when they look the other way when a top guy is, you know, the culprit. And then I don't. Because I don't share none the same of the top guys ever. Guys no, I don't share the same view that the top the guys have earned it. I'm sorry, none, I mean, of, the, was, none of the no, but Roddick, Agassi, none of these guys ever lost their respect for the sport. The way Kyrgios has talked about tennis as a sport. I mean, Kyrgios is unique in the way that he thinks that tennis well, you, you, is not you think, you think Nastasi and Connor, the stuff they said, if they were playing in this media age with Twitter and everybody with an iPhone, you think those guys won't have chapters like this? Are you kidding me? You think McEnroe, who was the only guy who got thrown out because of, you know, yelling obscenities, you think these guys haven't done it? You think Becker, the media hog he is, who was serving drinks at Steve's Wimbledon party? You think he wouldn't they be... They would have won too. They would have also showed, I think... No, look, nobody's saying. Those are finished careers. Nobody's saying. Look, Kyrgios is a byproduct of science. All I'm saying is it's the establishment. I'm not even saying everyone at the pen. But some people just need to, you know, not polarize the opinion so much. And the establishment should treat him like, you know, if he says something, then Gasquet should be fine the same way Kyrgios is fine. We shouldn't just judge because Kyrgios said something. So let's talk about the match with Seppi, right? Uh, so clearly, this guy was playing really well on the court. John McEnroe is not making him play badly for the third and fourth set. John McEnroe is not making him, and when I say John McEnroe, I mean the establishment. Establishment is not making him hit a tweener in the middle of a rally in a fifth set, right? And establishment is not uh, setting him up for failure on the court because he, he didn't come in prepared on fitness or he didn't have a coach. Did I say and, that? Establishment, I'm saying they should just overall be less critical when he's involved. Well, my point is he needs to be criticized for what he did on the court. I mean, he just didn't show up. This, this, is, you, 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 this is the next-gen star. And the whole for the, the I mean the whole fan base is waiting for this guy to break up. Look, everyone is and not going to be Federer. Right? Everybody doesn't come back from that background. You know this well, guy. I, I, I don't know his family. I haven't read much about Kyrgios. 
but you know, and I'm not gonna like classify him into something that I don't have any information. But, but at the same time, a joke from what I've heard. So again, from what you have heard, heard from who? That, that's that's how we polarize things. Again, well, don't this is a classic example of the times we live in. Don't we all form our opinion that fast? Yeah, but this is a classic example. Again, I don't want to make this discussion political, but this is stereotyping, you know? Because why is he a jerk? Because you know he walks certain way, or why, why is he a jerk? No, I mean, a lot of, no, because he no, walks certain way. Because there was this open criticism of people like Pat Rafter, Leighton Hewitt, I mean, Australia, Tennis Australia, and, for, and we know how Pat Rafter is as a gentleman, and for him to get that kind of criticism from Nick Kyrgios is rather than make any sense. So, agreed. And I'm not saying Kyrgios hasn't done his share of mistakes. But I'm saying, why should he be judged the same way because of, you know, Federer and the previous generations were? Some people take longer time to mature. No one is saying Kyrgios should get a free pass. I was the first one who said that he should be banned for a longer period when he tanked in uh, Shanghai against Vera because that's like the ultimate sin in any professional sport. But right. sending him so to like, a sports mean, psychologist I, I, is not going to make I, any difference. The way I am, where I am with this is, is very simple. For me, it is, okay, you've been a jerk. Maybe the media is treating you harshly. Spotlight's on you. It's a tough time. But guess what? I'm not your fan. Um, I'm, I'm not waiting for you to break out. Maybe someday you start showing me something, I'll start developing some respect for you. But right now, I don't see any, I, I don't see any reason for me to do that. I, I, I'm not sympathizing with you because there's a whole bunch of other 21-year-olds who are playing with you on the tour who aren't acting like this. And you know what? I have, I have only so much time and attention. I'm going to listen and watch, watch those guys and, and not spend my time on some guy who could be a bust. He could be a complete bust. And we see this in many other sports. Uh, people who come in with the wrong attitude never, never actually make it. And uh, so, yeah, he surely he's got potential, but uh, I'm not feeling any sympathy right now. That's that's maybe where I'm coming from. Yeah, fair enough. Well, let's see how the Curious Saga evolves uh, the next tournament or the year in general. So, so uh, changing topics. What, what did you think of Roger? I mean, uh, so he he is looking a bit rusty. Um, you did you see him going past uh, Burdick? It's tricky because he definitely looked rusty. But uh, in his interview, he said he played better uh, than the Melzer match. So if I'm a Federer fan, I'm really hopeful because uh, you don't want to streamroll these guys and then play this kind of a match against Burdick on uh, Friday. So I think he knows he kind of uh, whatever areas he needs to improve and execute better. So I still mm -hmm. think it's a very close match. But looking at this match, you have to say Thomas Burdick may just purely be a slight favorite because you know he hasn't had this longer break and he's been you know, still, you know, top 10. So, yeah, but, yeah I wouldn't sure. be surprised at all if Roger wins that in four sets. Yes, and I, I, I think I would agree. I mean, Roger can, can never be counted out, but uh, it, it, it definitely, there's, there's a sense that this is a match Tomas is looking at with some some level of expectation, I think. Uh, there, there was a point, I think, in their rivalry, the recent past, where I don't think Burdick was even coming close to winning a match against Roger. Yeah, I think Roger's won last five, so... This, right. this this can be a little different uh, affair though. I, I would agree. Call over there, yeah. I would agree, and uh, so th this will be very interesting to watch. Um, okay. Hey, I got to run. Right. Hey, thanks uh, for taking time, and uh, sorry if we were a little too animated because we did this on a phone call, and we should do another <laughs> podcast. Fun as always. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks.